Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN.com, Giants reporter. And we're here with the OL episode, right? The offensive line. We're going to talk to Jeff Schwartz, former Giants offensive lineman, NFL analyst, about just how the offensive line basically has derailed the Giants season here. Purely not the only reason, right? This is the perfect storm. Everything has kind of gone wrong here early in the season for the Giants. They're a mess physically. Uh, they lost some key players that they couldn't afford to lose. But the offensive line, we saw it again in Miami, is just in shambles. Daniel Jones now hurt. He is dealing with a neck injury. He's likely not going to play this week. So essentially, the Giants are going into Buffalo on Sunday night. No Saquon Barkley. I mean, sorry. No Daniel Jones, right? No Zizo Jolari. Andrew Thomas is out. John Michael Schmitz is out. So the offensive line is in shambles. Starting quarterback's probably not likely to play. And we didn't even mention yet, Saquon Barkley is kind of up in the air. Has a better chance of being back? Still doesn't look very good, though, in my opinion. So from what I've seen, obviously a very limited sample size at practice. We only get to see a snippet. So that being said, the Giants are 14.5-point underdogs in this game. 14.5 points to the Bills on Sunday night. I don't know where it closes, but the largest spread of any team this season, the largest underdog so far, is the Arizona Cardinals at 14.5 points. The Giants could be the largest underdog out of any team in the NFL this year. That's where they're at at the moment. First three primetime games, they've lost a combined 94-15. to I can't see this getting much better. We'll see with Tyrod Taylor. You know, he's a little reckless back there. He might be able to make some plays, but he also, there's probably going to be some negative plays that come along with that. As I mean, you, when you're just under that kind of relentless pressure, it's just impossible to sustain consistent offense. The Giants' only chance is really just to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and just try to muck the game up. Now, forget the game for a second. Bigger picture, they're going to be one in five, the Giants. We could pretty much book that at this point. As 14.5 point underdogs, you, you really, who's expecting them to win? Not me. Not anybody. So, the question moving forward here, and the trade deadline is on Halloween, so October 31st, end of this month. Basically, two and a half weeks away, okay? The Giants can go two routes here. Because I think they will get better. They'll get healthier. You know, get Andrew Thomas, get Saquon back. Daniel Jones gets on the field. John Michael Schmitz gets back. Like, they'll be a better team. The competition eases up a little bit, too. I mean, the, the level of competition the Giants have played early in the season, aside from Arizona, I mean, has been really strong. So, the level of competition will ease up. The Giants will be a better team. They'll play better. So, they can win some games. You know, four five, six games. The question is, what do you do by the trade debt? Do you trade some of these guys, the Saquons, uh, Adoree Jackson, guys who were basically in there last year, the dear Leonard Williams. We don't know if they're going to come back. They're unsigned after this year. Do you get something for these guys? And also maybe put yourself in better position for the draft, which then puts them in the quarterback discussion. Now we'll get to this more as the weeks go along, but it's definitely something That'll be very interesting to see how Joe Shane navigates. The Giants general manager for, you know, the ups and downs that obviously have been there. Good first year. Terrible second year right now. Uh, some of these drafts and free agents moves have don't look great. Jury's still out on most of them. But how does he navigate this? He has been very honest with himself and the organization about what he thinks this team is. Remember, he traded their most talented wide receiver last year. In the middle of last year, where they had no wide receivers. 
So he was well aware of what this team was talent-wise. I thought they were going to be better this year. Hasn't panned out that way. Do they now pivot and make some of these big moves by the trade deadline? It's going to be something we're going to be monitoring very, very closely as we move along here. But now let's dissect what's gone wrong this season in Miami, likely again on Sunday, the offensive line. On to the next one. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, let's bring in my good friend, uh, former Giants offensive lineman. I feel like every time we have Iwan, it's sort of like, what the heck is wrong with the Giants offensive line every year? And here we are again in 2023, almost a decade later, Jeff, and... We're still sitting here talking about the same thing. Jeff, of course, is Jeff Schwartz, uh, Fox Sports. Uh, you you name it, he does it. Jeff, thanks for joining me, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, we we never we never do this, and we're like, you want know, the Giants' offensive line? They're crushing. Here's Jeff Schwartz <laughs> talking about how well they're playing. Though it's like, here's Jeff Schwartz talking about how poor this offensive line is, and why you weren't part of the solution. <laughs> but you know. I, I I was going over their you know rate their rankings and yeah. stuff over, over really since I started covering the team. So I started in like 2013. You arrived in what year? 20... 2014. But I didn't play that year. I played it. I I played one one game in a quarter in 2014. So 2015 was one of the better lines that they've had. Yeah, we were healthy all season. That's part of it too. Weston, remember the first year was Weston's first year too. He got hurt. Remember. So he didn't play very much as a rookie. Guard, they had him playing out of out of position, Correct. right? Yeah, and then the next year it was, um, it was Beatty, Pugh. No, Beatty. It was me and John. Who played left tackle? Did Pugh? I think Pugh was at one of the tackle spots that year. Uh, but Marshall was at right tackle. I know that for certain. Um. But yeah, it was we were healthy. We were we were good on offense. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you didn't go to guard until a little later in his career. Okay, so Pew was at left tackle then, I think, yeah. and then um, and then it was uh, John Jerry and Weston, me and Marshall. And you guys were under a lot of fire even those years about the offensive line because they were, I guess, you know, people were kind of spoiled with what they had for a while with the offensive line of obviously the Super Bowl years. Well, yeah. and in retrospect, I mean. They long for that learning these days, right? Because and really that will transition perfectly off that. I mean, you're stuck watching these games all the time. Yeah. 
what do you see when you see the Giants' offensive line? By the way, I just looked it up. It was Eric Flowers at left tackle and Pugh at guard. And I totally forgot about it. That was a rookie. Yeah. I to- yeah, I totally forgot about Eric Flowers. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you asked what I what what I'm what I'm missing what I'm seeing now with this with this group. Um you know, obviously there's not a lot of talent with all the injuries. Like I think that's that's you know, that's very clear, right? And that's expected, okay? Like I think that's expected. I think the problem that bothers me more than anything else is there's a lack of communication. Now I understand they lost their center in the middle of the game you go to a uh, you know, a, a practice squad player, basically, right? At first time, he hadn't played center from this group yet. But there just is so much miscommunication. Um, they're not on the same page when it comes to, you know, pressure, stunts. You know, there's a play that, that Baldy pointed out that I, me and Brandon Thorne and Duke were talking about in our own text thread, uh, you know, where, you know, the the center and left guard, left half are doing one thing. And then the right tackle, excuse me, the right tackle and right guard doing something else. And it's like there's no, there's just no, there's no good communication. Like you can get by being bad. I feel like I mean that's just part. It just happens, right? But when you have a lack of communication, that's when you really get the quarterback hurt right? and get him. I'm not saying he got hurt because of that specific reason, but that stuff to me is the stuff that's that's not acceptable. I, I, I again, again, I understand the issues with the talent level and, and guys who are taking in, but they're, they're making a lot of mental errors, which bothers me more than any of the physical errors. Right. So when that kind of stuff happens and you mentioned the center, how much of that is the center, right? Or we're talking generally, you, you're not in that room. You don't know yeah. exactly what's going on with this group, but when you have those kind of problems and have them consistently, how much is that the scheme? How much is at the center? Yeah. How much is at the quarterback? Maybe not not helping settle everybody. And uh, how much of that is actually maybe a lack of cohesion? You know, time together. Like that's always yeah. what offensive lines say is that you get better. That's why you want to play with the same offensive line over and yeah. over again, so that it becomes natural and second nature. So, where do you? How do you kind of dissect when you see those problems? Where the blame lies? Yeah, I don't think there's one there's one place, right? Because you know you could say, oh, well, the quarterback is is not helping them identify the, the who they're going to, but that doesn't seem to be the problem. I mean, the play I'm talking about, you know, the center made a call and it wasn't passed along to everyone else. You know, like that's not on Daniel Jones, that's on the offensive line, that's on a new center playing, right? That that that's not, you know, that's not boisterous enough. But there was another play that, that you know, going off what Baldy put out there again, and what I saw, there was a play where. You know, the center was doing his own cadence and the left guard was doing a different cadence on silent, right? So some teams, you know, the the, the center is he's kind of looking, you know, he looks forward the entire time, looks up, and the guard kind of looks back at the quarterback and then waves his hand. And I think you've seen that before, right? And that's sort of the beginning of yeah. And then there's other times when the center looks back, quarterback put you know, puts up his you know, his leg, and then the center goes to the cadence and snaps the ball. There was a play where the center and the left guard both did the cadence. Like that, you know, those are things I'm talking about. Where you know, I, it maybe it's offensive line, maybe it's coaching, not you know, not being on the same page with, with who's doing it. Um, you know, I don't think much is on Daniel Jones. I mean, it'd be great if he were to walk up there and be like, "Yep, you have these five guys." And I've you know, I've been with quarterbacks that sometimes do that, but they tend to be older guys, and you know, they play with us a lot. You know, when when you have a veteran group there's a lot of communication between you and the quarterback and, and, and you're used to working with the same quarterbacks. He might be able to tell you a little bit better 
okay, guys, you have these guys, you have these guys, you have these, I have this guy. But when, you know, Daniel Jones was playing with the third center of the season and his third right, well, his second left tackle and third left guard, I mean, there's just not a lot of cohesion there for him to, to go up and tell them exactly what to do. And so the question is like, how do you, how do you run an offense like this? And and I think that you, that you can dumb down offenses, but then you don't really have a lot of success. Like you really are one trick pony in the NFL. You, it's hard to do that. It's hard to just dumb down an offense. Like it just the other side is they study too, and, and they're so complex. When you when you try to dumb it down, um, it ends up just stalling your offense out. And I think you just hope, okay, let's run a regular offense. Put you place together, but two, you show when you dumb down an offense. I've been in this before in, in, with uh, in the, with the Panthers, where we had Jimmy Clausen quarterback. We had to just go real basic. We had Steve Smith, a wide receiver. You know, like when you have Steve Smith, you just say go throw it to Steve Smith, right? Like the Giants don't have that guy either. Like, they don't have like a, a just go throw it to this guy and hope he makes a play wide receiver. Was and Steve so doing nuts behind the scenes? That he, oh, he was. He was. He was. He was, he was not very happy. Um, <laughs> well, I guess the year before he went to the Ravens, he was not happy. Um, um, he wasn't getting the ball, but well, he did get the ball and he was scored points for us, right? Like they, Giants don't have that guy, right? Um, but also that group that year was our offensive line was good at just the quarterback problem. So the Giants had that issue as well. I mean, maybe Barkley comes back and he sparks a little bit of the screen game and you find some easy ways to get him in space and you make some offense, but. Until the offensive line gets settled, it's not just Thomas coming back. It's sort of finding an interior group that works. Um, it's going to be tough for this offense to operate. Obviously, I don't think Jones is that's how he's playing this week. Um, Thomas, I don't think practice today. Again, I don't. You know, maybe plays later. He doesn't. Him and Schmitz look like they're not going to be back. Yeah. Um, so, and you know, that you're talking about probably included Jalen Thomas, who came in for a few snaps. What number is he? I don't even but know because he actually just joined the team. Like he's been on the practice fit. Yeah, seventy-one. It wasn't him then, but even then, like if it, it was, it was Bredesen's sixty-eight. Bredesen's their left guard. It, yeah, but, it, but yeah, that's the point, right? He's not even their really their sort of backup center. I mean, ideally, even left at times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, again, like that's that's you just can't play offense that way. Like, and it's not anyone's fault. Like you look, the NFL has very few teams that even have. A six or seven offensive linemen that are like you can get by with, right? And when you get it to 89, 10, and 11, you don't have those guys. You just don't. And, you know, right now during the season, you're not allowed to, you know, to really hit in practice very much. It's not like you're able to really work very hard. And, you know, it's just, it's just the nature of the NFL right now. And so it's hard. And, and you know, you're, it's a team you're not playing well. It's you're scrambling and practice. Try to find different things that work with new offensive line. Um, it's tough for the coach, tough for the players. Um, they're in a they're in a tough spot. And they go play Buffalo, who just lost. I mean, Buffalo's team trying to take all their anger out from this game. Giants this weekend leaves the league in sacks. By the way, Buffalo. So, yeah, and yeah, and Von Miller hasn't has played one game. And Von Miller just got back in the lineup for the Bills. So, and you know, I, you know, I, and you know, the, the sack thing too is like you know, it's not always on the offensive line, you know, but I think it's. You know, just Jones, I get it, man. He's back there just trying to survive. Um, and yet it, it, it just, it's a it's a tough offense to be in right now. It's no one's fault per se. I mean, again, like you, you hope you have depth in your offensive line, but you generally don't. 
Yeah. No, and that was really something we said from the start with this Giants team was depth was a problem, right? I mean, they really didn't have – they didn't even have five starting offensive linemen that don't really be quality. Nevertheless, losing Andrew Thomas was pretty much the one loss. They, they, they would not be able to overcome and yeah. out that way. So how about this? You're a second-year guard, right? They want to make Josh Azudu a guard. He doesn't win the starting job at right guard against Mark Glowitzki. Not you're, you're not talking about a pro yeah. player. You're talking about a guy yeah. who's a bit of fringe starter for most of his career. So he loses the starting right guard job to Mark Glowitzki. And what's he get instead? He ends up starting at left tackle. But then, uh, imagine you in your second year in the league and that happened to you. And you were, I know you were kind of a tackle. Yeah. Playing your career. But what kind of challenge is that? And it, it almost seems like an unfair situation for Josh Zuda. So I'll, I'll tell you an interesting story of, of my career. So um, I was on practice squad um, for the Panthers in 2008. I had you know, primarily played right tackle and, uh, and most of my college career and my time with the Panthers in, in training camp. And um, I, my agent, you know, Derek Gilmore, he called me like in week 10 and was like, hey, the Seattle Seahawks need offensive tackle and they want to sign you to their to their roster um, and they want you to play left tackle and they want you to play like this week. They want you to play le- like this week. They want you to play left tackle. And um, and my agent was like, yeah. He's like, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. He's like, I, like I know you want to be in the like I like I know you want to be in the roster. I know that you want to you know, I, I you know I know that you want to like to play and, and all those things. But like I I just that's not a it's not a good position for you to be in. And I think the guy that ended up playing in that game at left tackle, it was his first start in the NFL, and he allowed like five or six sacks. Oh. Like 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 you know like my agent saved me right. Like I, you know every player wants to you know in a situation where we get to play like that right and you get moved up but he's like yeah like i wouldn't like i, I wouldn't take that job basically um right. and he was right like i wasn't well, ready to do that it doesn't serve you right and yeah and 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 you know and they gave me a few you know a few dollars and you know the Panthers did that my you know after my rookie year to make up the make up the difference um and not signing with them but like that's what you're doing now right you're taking a player that's not ready to play tackle put him there because you don't have the depth and I think that offensive lines, um, they 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 don't do a great job in, in my opinion, most teams are building the depth of offensive lines because they don't look at it as like we have five guys and we have one swing tackle and one interior guy that can swing, right? That's the way it used to be, right? Where like you had, like when I got in the NFL, you're starting five, you had a swing tackle that played both right and left tackle. And you had an interior guy that played all the positions, right? Put all three. And the reason you did that at, was because if you lost one player, you just want to replace him with one, right? You just want to put one for one instead of having to shuffle your offensive line around to have because one guy is out. Now, this is not that specific instance, but you know, the Giants just didn't really have, I guess it's pert, right? It's supposed to be pert, like your swing tackle. And he wasn't good enough, I guess, to do that. But then you have to, you know, like, like right, like you, you want, you, you know, you want, a, a one player to play tackle if someone gets hurt, and then one player to you know, to go inside. 
if someone gets hurt. And, and so the Giants just don't have that. And again, it's 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 not um, every team like it's not just you know it's not just a game and a Giants problem. A lot of teams have this issue where they don't have the depth like that, so they have to move different pieces. Because you know if, if you if you remember like when you when the Eagles lost. Jason Peters in the Super Bowl season, right? And they put in, um, uh, I forget who they put a left tackle. But like when you have one guy out and you replace him with one, you should just help that one player, right? But when you have to move everyone around, now your right tackle is a little bit weaker because, you know, like Lane stayed at right tackle, didn't move to left tackles. But just help the left tackle, right? Wasn't it Myeletta? Is that who? Is it? Is that it? I, it was either him or I thought it was wild to develop, right? Wasn't he? Was it a big V that went to left tackle? Ah, yeah. It was. Yeah, yeah. So, but again, like when you we you just have one guy to replace, you can help the left tackle, right? But like if you move Wayne Johnson from right tackle to left tackle, then you know he's not going to be as good as Jason Pierce's left tackle. Now your right tackle is not as good either, right? So like that's ideally how you want to build your offensive line, and you want to build your offensive line where you have your five guys, your one swing tackle, and your one guard. So it's just he's out of position. Like that's just it's just what it is. I mean, I, I can't. There's no other way to put it. And just he's in a bad position right now. And he's not playing well, but he's not supposed to be playing left tackle. And you got two tackles struggling at the same time. You can't chip and help both sides at all times. If you do, correct. Not to protect constantly. Then you only have what two guys running routes. And it's like, what do you, like you said, it's really hard to operate that way. So they did let go uh, Tyree Phillips, who filled in admirably a tackle last year, which was kind of odd. But what they so they, he's not on the roster now. He's actually on the Eagles practice squad. But what they do have is Justin Pubak, which obviously not not a tackle at this point in his career, really a guard. I'm curious how weird is that for you because that you did, we were talking before this is back when you were on the team. Justin Pugh is there, so it's, it's totally full circle. Not only is he back, by the way, but Jeff, he's small for an NFL offensive lineman. He told me today. He's been playing the last couple of years at 285 as a guard. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's a you know there was a time period when that sort of um, you know that it was like that was sort of that guys got smaller for a little bit of time. Now everyone's back to being big again. Um, so that's he's de- definitely undersized. I mean, you just like you know I I saw there was get a. Lyle Collins, did he meet with the Giants too? Was he Giants or Jets or someone? Like, yes. You just need he, bo- he met with the Giants today. You just need bodies, man. Like, Pew, the Collins, and, and Pew too, because he's coming off an injury. How quickly can these guys actually play? They're coming off major injuries. I mean, Lyle yeah. Collins probably isn't ready to play for a little bit. Well, I, I know, but you know, with Pew, I don't know his injury status or how he's like physically feeling. But you know, a year he's a, from a year out, basically to almost to the day. Oh, for ACL, okay, ACL, um, yeah, yeah. But like, he's a veteran. Like, he can just be crafty and get by, right? Like, that's a benefit you have of playing a veteran. He, I guess, and physically might not be ready to play, but when you get him in the lineup, he's just a crafty veteran. Like, you sort of need that on your team right now. Your offensive line, like someone that can has seen a lot of football, someone that can help the communication out. Some of the Daniel Jones trust, like I, when you can get him to play, it's better than anyone else right now. And, and if he's healthy and ready to go, I hope he can play. Yeah, I think the goal was two weeks. 
sort of get him some practices, get him on speed. Today was actually, he said his, and we're taping this on uh, Wednesday night, was his first pad of practice in over a year. So, you know, get him <laughs> somewhere. And, uh, <laughs> That's going to be, who did they play after Buffalo, the Giants? Uh, it's not an easy, I mean, an easier team, but Washington with their defense oh, only. Washington and then the Jets. How about that for defensive line? Ooh, Jets. Oh, that I'm sure MetLife is going to be rocking with the Jets. Who's, who's the home team for that game? Who's the home team for the Jets game? Um, it is okay. the Giants, I believe. Okay, nice. Um, so that's an interesting crowd for that game. Um, but those are top defensive lines. Okay. Oh, I know. Then to come back in your first game in over a year and have to face Jonathan Allen or Deron Pate or Quinn Williams, like. You know that's if but you when Pew, if or when Pew gets on the field for the Giants, but the thing about it, Jordan, is like, who doesn't have a good defensive line now? I, I, the 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 difference now in defensive lines that neither when I played, I'm not that old, is the depth, right? Like the top end players are are the every generation has top end players, right? They all have Hall of Famers, but to me, it's like the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh guy that can rush the passer now. It never used to be that way, right? But now you have, you know, a backup that just comes in and rushes the passer on third down. Like that is such a difference now. Like you it's a, just a different a different uh job as off the line. It's much tougher when you don't have you know, there were times when I was young when you know you put a backup and you're like, all right, whatever. Like, you know, we'll just, you know, we'll we'll have them up and ain't a problem. Now with these young cats that there are backups. They're they're really getting rushed to the passer now, and so it's just much tougher, I think, as a lineman to um, to play when you have the depth of the defensive lines. Yeah, no doubt. And you would, what did you would you think? So you think that he can hold up? I and mean, he said he did it for the past few years, and that's what he was playing at in Arizona. Yeah. That two eighty five against these guys because they're more pass rushers, and well, it's a bigger well, well they I, do these days. Well, if he's been playing it that way, then he's comfortable with that way. Then he's he knows how to use his body that way. I just think that when you have, you know, the older you get, the more crafty you get, right? Just kind of by nature that you stop moving so well, and you just see a lot of reps and reps and reps. So just the craftiness of what he can do out there. And if he feels comfortable at two eighty five, then I trust him. He's well, he's thirty years old, right? Like he's been yeah. in the league for a while. So if he feels, yeah, if he feels most comfortable at that. uh at that weight, then uh, then yeah, he would be like thirty two, right, something like that. So then, like, 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 then, like, play it that way. Like, I don't think there's any. I think we've gone away from the, a league where teams just tell you to be at a weight because they tell you to be at a weight, right? Um, he's you know, saying he said I could beat three hundred, three fifteen. I've had this all this extra weight. It wouldn't be extra. I wouldn't be. It wouldn't be like I'm more extra muscular or that much stronger, right? And I wouldn't be able to move as much. Right, and that's like teams have really done a good job of just not saying, okay, you have to be at this weight because I said so. You know, like whatever your playing weight is, obviously if you're healthy and able to move, um, that's what you should play at. And so if he's 285 and that's what he feels comfortable at, I, I trust him to be comfortable at 285. Uh, so you sit around every week, you watch all the games, right? First of all, what's your, what's your I like to hear, what's, what's your Sunday routine? So I do radio on Fox Sports Radio from 10 to 1. And I just watch football the rest of the day. You make a soap in your house. Well, yeah. So I have uh, a room with three TVs, and 
I do the you know the, the YouTube TV now, right? And something is I do a quad box there, and then I put on a Red Zone channel, uh, and then I'll put on another game um, if I feel like I need to watch basically a fifth game. But um, you know the games like this week, the early game. I mean, this weekend has bad football games. I I don't know. Um, I am not going to watch bad football teams play unless I bet on that game. You know, I'm just like, so I try to get the best teams, I you know, but the best games of the week on my TV. And then um, during Sunday Night Football, I write a column for Fox Sports, sort of wrapping up the weekend of uh, football. And so that's kind of how I spend my my Sundays. The perfect segue. You don't want to watch bad football games. in football. The Giants are getting shoved down your throat this year. Three primetime games already. This is four to six weeks. Well, scored 94 to 15 so far in the first three primetime games. And now you get the Giants again in primetime, right? You obviously have a connection to the team because you played for them. But as an outsider, as somebody like from around the country, what are you thinking when you see the Giants on the schedule in primetime again this week? Four, um, do you know what the threat is? Yes, 14 October. What is that? I, my, um, I t- it, it's 14, I think. I took Buffalo over at least 20 and a half points, 29 points. I think they scored a bunch of points this game. They 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 put much better at home. They averaged 31 points off the loss the last three years. Um, you know, the Giants defense, I even talk about the offensive line, like the Giants defense has no game records. Like, who, who are you looking at as like, wow, that guy's going to make a difference today? And it's like the Giants just, the roster is not good on defense. Well, they paid back to Lawrence. He's got to be a game record. It's a hard oh, yes. Okay. Tackle, but Sure, sure, but I think, but even this year, like, have you in games? Have you noticed him a lot? Has he like he's been wrecking games? No, he's not. Like he he's he's that guy. When I watch the Giants play, I don't, and maybe because they're behind all the time. I, I don't know. I don't watch a defense play and, and be like, oh, there's Dexter Lawrence again. I, I mean, maybe I'm no, missing something. No, you're not. Um, I think that's fair. You um, seeing that, Bianca? No, so I, th- I think because I played there, I understand. <laughs> like, I, I get it. Like, like I don't know. I am fine. I'm not a person that complains about watching football. I, 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 I'll watch you it. You said you don't watch the bad team. Yeah. Because you're only talking like well, Sunday well, when you have other options. Yeah. Like, but I'm going to watch, I mean, UTEP and FAU are on right now, or FIU. I'm, I'm watching football at night. Um, I, uh, I was drawing flag football plays for my son's flag football team for the weekend. I was texting the coach about like new plays I want to run this weekend. Like I'm, I'm locked into football. Um, but you know, they're, they're playing Buffalo. So Buffalo is a fun watch. I feel like, right. So that, you know, if it's giants, you know, bears, oh, I mean, I'd, I'd watch it. I wouldn't feel great. Like, but there's also times where, you know, Monday night I was super tired. I mean, I'm up late, you know, I'm on the East coast. Like you are, I'm up late Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, Sunday, right? Like that's just, you watch a football Monday night, I went to bed at halftime. I'm like, it's it's nine forty five. This game stinks. I don't care and go to sleep. <laughs> like, it, like, like if the if the Giants Bills game is out of control the first half, I'll go to bed. I mean, like, I don't. I'm just like, well, all right. Well, the Bills are twenty eight seven. The thing too that's a little alarm about the Giants offense, besides everything we've mentioned so far, is they're not scoring in the first half, and, and you're supposed to be set up for success in the first half right first 15 everything's sort of scripted and put together packaged like they're they've scored i think zero off at the touchdown in the first half of the season so obviously scored one we're done their opening drive pretty sure at the top of my head we're at 13 straight games wow that's crazy that's like a that's like a 
head scratcher because you think coaching, right? That that's like a coaching thing usually. Like, okay, Andy Reid throws up that you know that first opening script, and you know there's almost always going to be successful, right? Yeah, that's weird. That's a, that's a that's 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 odd actually. Thirteen straight up, and the Bills' defense has you know, lost a couple of players, so maybe they're not as good right now. But um, the Giants' offensive line just it, it's it's hard to judge any offense with with that unit right now. Which is why, you know, the, the yelling about Daniel Jones is kind of silly at this point, not saying it for the past couple of weeks. It's, it's really untenable to get hit that much. You, you can't operate and run consistent offense when the line is in the state. No. No. And, and there's, you know, like, I think sometimes, obviously, the line gets blamed too much for, for bad play, but there's not even many plays where, like, Jones held the ball too long. But, like, the, you know, guys are open. He's not throwing the ball. It just there hasn't been a lot of that this year. It just it's not it's not great right now. And when you're under pressure so consistently, it's hard to have confidence that all of a sudden it's oh you're going to be able to sit in the pocket, right? So with the yes. best times ahead, you that there is everything's moving fast in your head. I feel like, and you don't feel comfortable in the pocket because you've already been pressured on sixty percent. You've already taken yes. and hits and seven sacks, whatever the numbers, the crazy numbers are. So. Yeah, it, you start, you start, you know that, you know that was it the Darnold who said I'm seeing ghosts. Like, yeah, that's yeah. a real thing. Like, like that's a that's a real thing. That like, you, we were, you know, a lot of offensive line coaches will tell us, you know, we really got to protect all the time, but really early in the game, right? That's part of the first fifteen, right? As you sort of try to script for some success, you, you get a lot of confidence and you get a lot of uh, some rhythm early on. And you start getting, you know, if, if Jones were to come out and you'll have two the first two drivers and not get touched. Imagine he'll play better than if he got sacked in the first drive. Exactly. But that's not the way it's working these days. Jeff Schwartz, thank you very much. Always appreciate you coming on and uh You're welcome, setting that on the offensive line problems. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. On to the next one. All right, we're gonna wrap up here with a quick Jordan on the beat. This is where I tell you what it's like to cover the Giants work for ESPN or cover the NFL in general. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to provide a public service announcement to everybody out there. Beware of Ron-on nuts. No, it's not what you're thinking. But if you go on Twitter, X as the kids call it these days, you might get duped. Or there might be some misinformation out there from an account that does a really good job, by the way, of mimicking mine in regards to looks. But if you click on it and you look closely, the username is Ron on Nuts. Funny name, by the way. It did, did get me to chuckle. Uh, it is not spelled correctly, which I think is part of the genius of it. So instead of the two A's in my last name being at the front, they're in the back. And then they add Nuts, N-U-T-Z, at the end. But it has the picture with the blue check and all. It kind of looks legit. So two days this week, one they did, Daniel Jones is not is out, you know, per Adam Schefter, blah, 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 but under my, you know, under this account that looks like me, not true. I got a bunch of people asking me about it. The next day they follow up, Giants are signing Carson Wentz to the practice squad. Again, you know, gets seen by a lot of people, catches fire, uh, gains momentum, to the point where people in the Giants organization we're telling me they got duped by Ron on nuts for a minute. That they thought it was real. Because it's showing up on people's For You page. And 
it even reached the point where Saquon Barkley said something to me when I saw him in the locker room about there being a fake fake account out there for me. So it's getting around. It's being seen. Uh, don't fall for it. PSA, ignore Ron on nuts. There you go. That's my words of wisdom for the week. Didn't think I'd be talking about Ron on nuts this week, but week six of the NFL season, uh, the Giants are about to be one in five. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. As always, like, subscribe, tell your friends. You listen to Breaking Big Blue. I'm Jordan Ronan. See you next time.